And I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence, silence the shame. Silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. All right. Free. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing all right. Good, good, good. I just want to welcome everyone to episode 14. Yes, we're moving up Of there. the Silence of Shame podcast. Yes. We are truly grateful for everyone that takes time out of their day to listen. Yes. To all that we have to say, trying to spread the good word about mental health and, and mental wellness. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about today's show. I am too, actually. So we have uh, two prominent people on our show today. Um, ladies first, so I have to introduce um, our caller today. We have Dr. Anita Phillips, who is a minister and mental health care professional and professor at Lancaster Bible College in Maryland. Welcome to the show, Dr. Anita. Welcome, Thank you. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Hello. Is it okay if I call you Dr. Anita? It is absolutely okay. Okay. <laughs> and to my left um, is my pastor, and I would like to say dear friend now. Indeed. Dr. Raphael G. Warnock, who is a senior pastor of America's Freedom Church, Ebenezer Baptist Church mm. in Atlanta, Georgia, which free was also the former church of Dr. Martin Luther King. That's and historic. Daddy King Sr. So we have royalty in the building today right. and on the phone. Yeah. So welcome to Good the to show, guys. Yes. Yes. Thanks. We're so excited Thank about. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Um Wow, it's been a real journey, um, and faith and mental health is a big part of my life and, and how I, I live my life on a day-to-day basis. Um, and so, again, it's a real honor to have you both on the show. I want to start the conversation with you, uh, Dr. Anita, and let's talk about the relationship between faith and mental health. Why is it that some people either just say, oh, we're only going to pray our troubles away, right? You know, in the mm-hmm. African-American community, we've heard that so much. And then Pastor Warnock, feel free to jump in as well. Sure. We don't understand the importance of both, right? God gave people the ability to become doctors or oncologists or, you know, pediatricians and so forth. So you go see the doctor when you got a cold or when something else is mm-hmm. going on, but right. they don't look at the brain as an organ. We were talking about this, Pastor, offline. Talk about the importance of being able to pray your way through something as well as asking God to give you the wherewithal to go see a doctor. Uh, Well, I think you already said the most important factor, which is that we sometimes forget that the brain is, in fact, an organ. So when we talk about being in our right mind, we forget that we can't have our mind without without the brain itself, which is an organ. And our bodies are imperfect. Mm -hmm. And that includes our brain. And so we don't get frustrated with God as quickly if we're praying for help with our heart or with our arthritis Mm -hmm. or other Mm -hmm. problems, but we'll get frustrated quickly with him with regard to helping us with our quote unquote mind. But in the Bible, in Romans chapter seven, Paul makes it very clear that there's a difference between the mind and the members of the body and the brain is a member. And Paul Mm -hmm. talks about them being at war with one another. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes our brain fights us despite what it is that we want to do. And Paul talks about sometimes losing that battle. So it's not non-Christian for us to sometimes battle with our brains and to sometimes lose. And then be grateful for the knowledge that doctors have been given to help us in that war because healing comes in many, many forms. So I think if we can maintain that distinction between the brain and the mind that, as Paul describes it in Romans 7, it will help a lot. Pastor, would you like to add to that? Oh, I don't know if I can add much to that. It's it's so very well said. But, you know, it's just the kind of thing that I've tried to emphasize in my ministry. Yeah, And that is that we do not uh, stigmatize mental health. Uh, The the brain is an organ. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we we ought not. uh, Jesus spent much of his ministry really working against stigma. And I think sometimes the stigma becomes as big of a problem very often as the problem itself, not just in mental health. That's right. But I spent a lot of years of my ministry working on HIV AIDS, for example. Okay. Mm. And part of what gets in the way of us dealing with this honestly and helping people to stay healthy and be healthy is the stigma, this unholy trinity of silence, mm. shame, mm-hmm. and stigma. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's what we've got to do battle against. And I think that faith communities and uh, faith leaders can do as good a job or better than most on this front because stigma very often is associated with culture. Mm-hmm. Culture is rooted in religion. So very often it's, it is a distorted theological perspective that 
that Dr. Uh, Phillips has named so well mm -hmm. that becomes part of the reason why people feel such stigma in the first place, this distorted theology that does not recognize that, um, yeah, the body needs healing. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, doctors participate in that healing. And that we ought not uh, see people as somehow spiritually deficient uh, because they're wrestling with a physical malady. That's powerful, the unholy trinity of stigma, silence, and shame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I um, One of the questions that I have is, I think sometimes for maybe some, I don't know if the word is traditional believers or of an older mindset sometimes, they feel as if it's a test or like anytime they're being tested by God in their mind that if they're not to believe that they can overcome it with prayer or sacrifice or any things that they think that you know would help them that they're almost being unfaithful or it's a show of um a lack of faith how do you yeah i think i think that's important because in in, in that case you're adding guilt right on top of it right the the problem is its own thing there's shame associated with that and then this guilt that somehow you're not rising up spiritually to who you ought to be right and we live in a moment right in our culture in which um there's a kind of uh, name it and claim it uh, theology, a kind of prosperity gospel mm. that oversimplifies what the gospel is about in the first mm -hmm. place. And I, I just want to say to people, you know, part of what it means to be a person of faith is to recognize that you don't control God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, mm -hmm. it seems too basic to say, but if, mm -hmm. but if you if you sort of pierce through some of the theology, mm -hmm. That's so popular these days that hold sway. If, if you in the final analysis, it is this 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 twisted notion that somehow you can control God. That same Paul that Dr. Phillips mentioned talked about how he had a thorn in his flesh mm -hmm. and preachers and theologians have spent years, indeed, uh, centuries trying to sort of speculate about what that thorn in the yeah. flesh is. And we're yeah. not sure what it is, but whatever it is. Paul says in the final analysis that I asked God, he said, not one time, not two times, but three times. I asked God over and over again to take this thing from me. And the answer that came back to Paul was, my grace is sufficient mm. for you. And my power is made perfect in weakness. I mean, so, so, wow. so he didn't take the thorn away. Yes, but he said, my grace is sufficient to uphold you and strengthen you even while you wrestle with the thorn. And and the weakness, in a, in a strange kind of way, that's where my power, my power shines through. My power is perfected in weakness, which is the opposite of the way we think about yes. power. The world thinks about power, you know, as, you know, the bigger your army, the bigger bigger your bank account. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he says, no, it's really, it is in the weakness of these vessels that God's glory is 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 made manifest. So, so the question for listeners might be, how is God making clearer his will and how is God's power being perfected through the weakness in my life? If I can show, if I can, if I can be clear myself about how I push through everything, mm -hmm. then I'll start to lean on myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it is in my weakness that faith really comes alive. Dr. Phillips, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? And even just what you went through, you know, with your family and growing up and and seeing, you know, that weakness, you know, in family members and, and still trying to be faithful and get through what you guys had to endure. Sure. So I'm a third generation pastor's wife. And I was raised by <laughs> God bless you. you. I was, I'm praying for you. I was I'm praying you. for you. Been up here for a minute in this thing. Um, raised in the Pentecostal church. My parents are still pastors. Um, and my older sister, though, started having serious mental health issues uh, when I was a little girl and she was a preteen and hearing voices, having hallucinations. And she would, in fact, see demons standing in our bedroom door. Mm. And so... The challenge for me as a child, being raised in this spiritual atmosphere, was this is a legitimate question, right? Is she actually seeing demons yes. or is she hallucinating? And that became a, a, a question in our family. 
and her situation just continued to worsen. Her mental illness continued to worsen. She eventually became addicted to drugs because it quieted the voices. Mm. And um, she spent decades addicted to drugs. And unfortunately, she's passed away a couple of years ago. But Sorry thank God she loss. didn't get clean at the end of her life. Thank mm. you. And we were able to talk and, and reconcile and see some joy in her life in those last few years. So I thank God for that. But it was quite an, a trial for our family, always wondering where exactly the lines were between the spiritual, the mental, and the mm-hmm. biological. And, mm-hmm. and it was difficult for me seeing my mom crying and also praying and wondering why God wasn't answering the prayers of these good people. That was a lot for me as a mm-hmm. child. Um, and I think that many people have struggles growing up and they may have had parents in the church. They see something going on and they don't understand why God's not intervening. And that can become a spiritual wound. And a spiritual wound undermines our mental health as well. Mm, Um, I was fortunate that my mom had the wherewithal to look at me even with tears in her eyes and say, I don't understand this. And I know you don't understand this, but know that it's not God's fault. Mm. And because she said that I was spared that deep wound, I believed her. But many people haven't had that opportunity. So they've been wounded by what they've seen. And the Bible says that uh, the spirit of a man will support him or her even when she's ill. Proverbs 18. But when the spirit is wounded, who can bear the infirmity? So Mm -hmm. many times our spirit is wounded and that's hurting our mental health. um, Just as our wounded mental health can hurt our spiritual health. So going back to the point about blaming God, right? Because I have a family Mm -hmm. member who experienced some um, mental health issues as well. And I know for a while they blame God. And even when I was going through, you know, my depression and my suicidal ideation, I'm like, God, like you allowed me to be so successful. Mm. Why am I going through this right now at this point in my life? Mm -hmm. Like, really, really? And I'm bringing back and drumming up all these old feelings of my father's suicide. And, you know, no one would have told me at 47 years old that, you know, I wouldn't be whole in so many ways. But, but mm. through my faith, I'm learning that I am still whole, that I am mm. still wealthy and I have a healthy mind. But, you know, I, I can't put all of this pressure and blame on God. But I'm still going through my own um, questions, if you will, trying to figure out, you know, do I stay on this same, you know, faith walk and, and not waver and allow God to get me the help? But why am I also sometimes having these downward spiral thoughts? You know, mm-hmm. can, can you elaborate a little bit? both of you guys, Dr. Phillips and Dr. Warnock? Um, Well, I think as Pastor said earlier, the point that you may suffer some things, that all of us may suffer some things repeatedly throughout our lives, like Paul with that thorn, doesn't mean that God is not with us. Mm -hmm. There's not always the instant answer or not always the answer that we want. Mm -hmm. It is our brain that continues to be imperfect. And so walking with him, though, is is a place of strength. And if we let go of our spiritual strength, we're only actually weakening our mental health when, in fact, we're trying to strengthen it. As a pastor, I I try not to be so hard on people when they're wrestling with God. Mm. Yes. Yes. Good for you. That's great. As I read the scripture, all of the great spiritual giants wrestled with God. Hey, we're we're in the Lenten season. Even Jesus, crossbound, one Friday, hmm. asked why. And so, you know, church folk who are really religious are always telling people, "Don't ask why." Right, 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 right. <laughs> Even Jesus asked, "Why have you forsaken me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, right, and. And, and, Ooh, and that, that yeah, right now. even Jesus asked why. Mm. And that was rooted in the spirituality and of the psalmist, you know, and, and, you know, Jeremiah looking at the condition of his people. Mm-hmm. And we think about all the trauma that we deal with as people of African descent in Atlanta and Baltimore and New York mm. and the trauma that the whole nation is going through right now, watching yes. mental illness writ large. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. That's right. right. That's right. Played out in geopolitics. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It's, this, is, this is traumatic for all of us to in, endure. Jeremiah looked at the condition of his people and said, the harvest has passed, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. And there were other mm-hmm. prophets who were saying, peace, peace. He said, they're saying, peace, peace. There is no peace. We are not saved. He says, why is the hurt of my people? Is, is there no bomb in Gilead? That's where that spiritual comes uh-huh. comes from, oh, okay. Jeremiah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Mm-hmm. Says where 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 is the help? Where is the healing? Why then is the hurt of my people not recovered? Now this is one of the great prophets mm-hmm. who teaches us how to weep. 
Mm-hmm. Because I think weep, weeping and 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 Dr. Phillips, she's the mental health professional here. I'm just a preacher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but weeping, I, I think she might agree. And want, you know, weeping is part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be overcome by our grief. Sure. But that becomes mm-hmm. part of the part of the thing, right? Or oh, absolutely, sir. I often challenge people to go ahead and get to crying, please. Mm. <laughs> Trust that God built this valve release system into our bodies. Mm. If we trust him and we all, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, he gave you those tear ducts. And when we let those (laughs) tears out, it changes the chemical balance of our body to bring us back to a place of peace. But culturally we don't like to cry because we don't look strong. And so we hold it all in and, and, and we then are suffering more, but the crying is actually designed to relieve us. and, And so we need to do it chemically. Absolutely. And we 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 actually do have that built into our culture. I mean, if you, you, you know, mm-hmm. the, the blues. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the most depressing stuff yes, you could ever is. hear. <laughs> right. So you want to ask. So the question you want to ask is why people pay for this? Yeah. Why would you go spend money to hear that? Right. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of um, I mean, part of how penicillin works is you give the person the thing itself. Yeah. yeah. And and it mm-hmm. right. So the blues kind of function functions in that in that kind of kind of way, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been down so long getting up ain't even crossed my mind. Yeah, like bitter medicine. <laughs> yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. my, my, my you know, everybody left me. My wife gone, the dog gone, he don't even <laughs> like me no more. <laughs> I mean the blues the that, and there's a reason why that came out of African American culture, right? It's mm-hmm. this this dealing with and the spirituals is the sacred side of the same thing. The blues and the spirituals come from the same root. Yeah. And you gotta Talking get, about the pain. They, and, yeah. talk, giving yeah. voice the to side it. side of the mountain. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Giving and speaking to it, and, uh, and, and that becomes part of the healing and the recognition that God does show up. Mm-hmm. But what I like about the, the blues musicians and the, and the spirituals, that era of our spirituality, <laughs> is that they recognize that the suffering is real, the grief is real. Part of what's wrong with some of the praise and the singing and stuff that's coming out of our churches now mm-hmm. is we don't want to linger. We don't want to hang out in that, in that space mm-hmm. at all. Or in like, the valley a little bit. We don't want to hang out in the valley. We got to go to aut- Automatically. Boom. Yeah. It's, it's pop tart spirituality and it doesn't really help right. people. Mm-hmm. You got to You got to walk through the valley. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. But he said, I'll be with you. But you got to walk through the, there's some walking through that valley that we all And talking about the valley, I mean, you know, I've said this to you before, but uh, Dr. Warnock, you helped me through probably one of the most difficult times in my life. Uh, You know, in 2015, Dr. Phillips, I considered taking my own life. uh, A real serious consideration had um, planned out my funeral, you know, thought about how it would affect my siblings and, um, looked at the amount of, you know, regular prescription drugs or Tylenols, over-the-counter stuff, rather, that I had and, you know, tried to figure out how I would do it. And, you know, Dr. Warnock, you said, I'm going to pray with you and and help you through this, but I need you to go get help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here I am, you know, two, two years later and um, still in the valley a little bit mm-hmm. um, and having my own struggles of, starting this movement, which I was telling free offline, you know, silence of shame has been a complete blessing and gift that God gave me this platform, but it is also Dr. Phillips really hard on my own mental psyche. Sure. You know, having to talk about this and my dad and my best friend committed suicide four years ago and a family member, you know, and the things that they go through with their mental health concerns, it's just a lot and it's heavy. And I'm trying to continue to find my joy as I empower other people because I, I, I mean, I, I tell you, I get DMs all the time, phone calls, you know, personal emails about how much people want this movement and how it's helping them. But I'm trying to find my own joy and peace through all mm-hmm. of this as I continue to pour into everyone. So, you know, I am going to um, go back and see my doctor next week. Yeah. And I do think I need my antidepressants again. So I'm excited about it. You know, I'll add that to my daily vitamins, you know, and daily <laughs> regimen. And um, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. But it's been a lot. Sure. Just this sure. entire journey. Um, but I'm grateful that we have people like, you know, yourself and Dr. Warnock who are in church. Because church is a big part of my life and everything that I do now. And I really try to 
alter my lifestyle, you know, to live a life that God would want me to live. And I'm by no means saying I'm perfect because no one's perfect but one person um, or one being, if you will. But it, it's a journey. But I'm just grateful that our church, Ebenezer, is so supportive. Dr. Warnock, can you talk about the fact that we do have, a, you know, sure. resources and, and counseling available as well as what you offer, um, Dr. Phillips, at your church and, and what you're going to do with your tour? Well, I, I just want to say, first of all, that this is one of the reasons why I love Shanti Does. Mm-hmm. She, this is one of the most amazing human beings. I'm serious. Yeah. Very true. You're that start I know. Me to cry. Very I can't true. Get really, right. I mean, Very she's true. just an she amazing. She allow you to talk about it a lot, but an amazing human being, really, mm-hmm. and, and and child of God, and um, you know, she speaks with such authenticity and transparency, and you've healed a whole lot of people in the process. Thank you. You know, now, Dr. Phillips and I, because we're both ministers, we we know what it's like to be a wounded healer. Uh Mm, Interesting. I got to write that down. Mm -hmm. The wounded healer. Mm -hmm. That's what we're we're wounded. You can't be a healer if you're not wounded. wounded. That's very true. Wow. That's so powerful. You know, you got the. That's how I feel. Yeah. You know. Grapes gotta be crushed to get the good wine. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta, mm-hmm. they gotta be bruised. You know, so, 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 and and, and that isn't to glorify suffering because we don't want to go there at all, right? But, but this idea, like, Lord, I'm out here helping everybody else, and mm-hmm. I'm out here preaching the message, <laughs> but then I gotta go home mm-hmm. to my own space and sit there in the dark. That's right, literally, literally. right. <laughs> Right. And find some peace. Mm-hmm. We, I want you to know your pastor knows what that's like. Preachers wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because we give so much. And yet we're vessels. We're just vessels. Mm-hmm. And we got to wrestle with, the, with, the, with, with our own issues, mm-hmm. our own baggage. That's right. We've got to wrestle with the things going on in our own families. Mm-hmm. the people in our own families who are wrestling with mental health mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and people expect preachers to be supermen and superwomen mm-hmm. and not to show any of that, you know, but, but yellow human, just like all well, we're human. And I, mm-hmm. I try, I try in ways I try without burdening you. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because I think there's a balance. Yes. I try on Sunday morning without burdening you with my burden to help you to know that, yeah, I struggle too. Mm-hmm. And um, so I want you in the midst of this movement that you're building, not, and I'm, I'm talking, as I talk to you, I'm talking to folks out there who are help, who are, who are helpers in some way, mm-hmm. right? They're all kinds of social workers, people who just help teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want you in the midst of your zeal to build this movement, and you're doing it, um, not to uh, inadvertently direct, uh, inadvertently adopt a messianic complex. Mm-hmm. You're not the Messiah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You're 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 a vessel, mm-hmm. and um, so self care is important. So even mm-hmm. if you need to pull back. For right. a little while, mm-hmm. please give yourself permission to do that, and don't feel any guilt about it. We need you to do it because what we need is Shanti Das here for the long haul. Mm-hmm. We right. need we need you doing this work over time. So sometimes you got to pull back. Um, you know, I take my August vacation every year. Mm-hmm. My first couple of years as pastor of Ebenezer, you know, I was so excited. You know, I'm gonna, you know, the, you know, it's historic church, but I, it was time for a reset. Right. It's like we're going to rebuild this this congregation. And, and, and I think we've done a great job Absolutely. over the last 12 years or so. But I, was, I had so much zeal. I was younger then. Right. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to take I'm not going to take my August vacation. I'm going to just preach right on through August. And I showed up on Sunday morning. And I realized everybody else is taking theirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like they will take like the attendance, yeah. the attendance was going down in August, whether I stayed or left mm-hmm. because my members, a lot of them were taking their vacation. And here I was like, wearing myself out for what? Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to make that wasn't going to be good for them either. So so just do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself, you know, and, and that's the medical side, but also just taking breaks and enjoying yourself and spending time with friends and family. 
That's and right. doing something else to balance this work because that is a heavy burden because you're yeah. you're talking about something and living in it at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that probably weighs on you in ways that you're it not does. fully aware of until you go home. It mm-hmm. does. Dr. Anita? Um, Dr. Warnock's words out of my mouth with regard to thinking, feel free to pull back when you need to pull back, that we all need to be willing to do that. We are blessed and favored to have the opportunity to be a vessel in someone else's life. But the Lord has a network of us. So on your break, he's got somebody else to speak into a life. And on that person's break, there's mm-hmm. somebody else. That's We're just um, tools in the process. One plants, one waters. Mm-hmm. And in the end, God gets the work done. So it's never just on you. It's never just on me. It's never just on Pastor Warnock. And we have to remember that because like he said, we'll get a God complex going. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. I go away four months in the summer myself. And while I'm out of town, I, sometimes I don't even go to service. Mm-hmm. And if I do, I come. Did you hear that? Sometimes the preacher doesn't go to church. <laughs> <laughs> First lady you know why? Mind. Because that's work. <laughs> <laughs> we worship on the beach, right, Reverend? Yes. The, best I've the beach is a great Baptist. sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just to make sure, too, that my relationship with God is staying personal. Mm-hmm. It's just me and the Lord and not always through the people that I'm serving. Mm-hmm. That is just about you and him um, together. So that's very important as well as we continue to take care of our own mental health. That's not a selfish thing to do. We need to make sure can, we take can care you, of Can you do me a favor and share how you and your husband handle um, people in your church that may come to you with a concern around mental wellness and, and, and mental health and how you guys handle that? Well, fortunately, we have an ongoing and open conversation about mental health in our ministry. And so people are used to hearing us talk about it. We do offer some counseling services within the church, but we have a limit on the number of times that we'll see someone in the church. And then we are always working to connect them with counselors in the community. Mm -hmm. I'm letting them know that they can get their spiritual food here and they can have their mental health taken care of with their counselor. Sometimes it's hard for people to mix both because if they share too much with their pastor, some people become uncomfortable with that. They feel Mm -hmm. naked. Mm -hmm. And so then they start skipping church because now they've shared so much they feel naked. And so I like them to have a personal space to to be vulnerable at the therapist's office uh, because I don't want them to lose their spiritual connection. So I'll say, hey, let's talk. Let's meet. Assign them to a church counselor. But if it's clear that they need more work, then I encourage them to connect with people um, with a professional outside of the ministry. Now, Dr. Warnock, last year um, you guys observed uh, May 7th as Silence of Shame Sunday. So thank you for that. And it looks like we're on board for a second Absolutely. year, um, which is May 6th. And by the way, May 5th is now National Silence of Shame Day. Wow, so we're nice. very excited. It's the same organization that will honor like National Girl Scouts Day, National Pancake Day. Mm-hmm. So we applied. and There's a pancake day? It is. <laughs> National <laughs> Cupcake Day. I missed it. It's yeah. everything. But uh, we're very <laughs> excited and, and honored that um, we're being recognized on May 5th. So that following Sunday, we're asking churches um, around the country if we can get them on board to kick off Mental Health Awareness Month, which is in May, and discuss discuss the importance of mental health in our community. Yeah. Can you share what we do as a church um, as regards to mental health and wellness? So I'm the president and treasurer and secretary of the uh, Shanti Das fan club. This sister came to me and said, you know, let's, would you be willing to do a mental health Sunday at Ebenezer? And I said, sure. And I even adopted the theme, silence of shame, because I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's it. That's powerful. You know, silence, shame, and stigma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. And so I set out last year to do a silence of shame Sunday, but I was so moved by the witness of, of Shanti's movement and then just looking at what's going on in my own congregation. And the, mm-hmm. the, I mean, how much mental health stuff shows up in church. And if you look, if you know where to look, you're gonna see a lot of it in church mm-hmm. for good reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you're in the right, right, they, right they came right, to the right, right. place. Right. Exactly. And if I can just interject quickly, yeah. a lot of people they think mental health and it's just like the more serious right. issues, right. schizophrenia. Right. right. It's not I'm not crazy. I couldn't have nothing could ever happen to me. But Stress. any of us, no Stress. one is immune to mm-hmm. it. Stress can lead to depression, anxiety, and a possible break at some point. Yeah. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember, Shanti, I set out to do one Sunday. I remember. And I turned it into Mental Health Month. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, because after I preached the first sermon, I realized, wait a minute, there's so much more I need to say about right. this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I spent the entire month of May uh, last year uh, focused on 
silence the shame and there's just mm-hmm. so much there in scripture people even said that jesus was out of his mind remember there was his do you remember his, his family came to get him Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you guys elaborate mm-hmm. a little bit? I on thought, that? I pre- see, you don't remember. I preached that last last year. Okay, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Sorry. I, I just <laughs> want to make kidding. sure. I no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. Okay. But no, literally, and I, and I don't remember the text right now. I didn't plan yeah. to go in it. Right. But but literally, he's just do he's doing his thing, and his his family is at the door, and the text. One of the gospel writers said that he is beside himself. Mm-hmm. He's out of his mind. Like he's forgotten who he is. Mm-hmm. And they said, "My your brothers and your and your mother are outside." He says, "Who is my brother? And my mother? Those who mm-hmm. do the will of my father." Mm-hmm. But there's a sense that that he's forgotten. Wait a minute, you're the carpenter's son. What is all of this authority with which you're speaking? Have you are you out of your mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will? And they come to sort of reel him back in. Um, so, you know, we we talked about that, and I sort of worked with that text last year, mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, and there are just so many texts throughout sure. the scripture. Uh, there's the Legion text where the right. brother's just fragmented in his mind in, mm-hmm. in Mark chapter mm-hmm. 5. Um, and there's a suggestion in that text in Mark 5 with the word Legion, which is a military term, that he's not just dealing with what's going on internally, but it is the oppression from without mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's creating part of the trauma that he's feeling within. Mm-hmm. Because Legion was a Roman army. So he is a colonized he's part of a colonized people and, and his mind has been colonized. So we, we dealt with all, you know, some of these, so yeah. we'll deal with it again um, next month. And we and have I, in-house counseling services. Yeah, right? yeah. So we, we have, uh, we have a, uh, we have, I have a member of my staff who is a trained uh, and licensed counselor. Okay. And so he does most of the counseling. I'll do some, mm-hmm. but he does most, most of the, uh, counseling and as dr phillips said if you need long-term counseling we really encourage our members to go and seek their own therapist or counselor we don't do that Mm -hmm. uh, kind of long-term counseling in the church and i think she's absolutely right you know that there you you certainly can feel safe there whatever you share with us is confidential but but really if if people have got work that need they need to do they need a space where that can happen that's right thank you dr phillips can you share what you're doing with your tour maybe we can even get you to ebenezer Oh, oh. absolutely i'd love for, i am i'm oh, just meeting her but i'm i'm loving she's this a fantastic movement the sisters oh, i will be honored so this year i launched a tour called turn the light on and we are going to travel around the country partnering with churches to conduct a one-day conference uh, where we will present this biblical framework for explaining and understanding mental health really wrapping scripture around it um, i spent my entire doctoral study um time developing this framework from scripture to really help people to translate between the language of scripture and the language of mental health because many times we're talking about the same thing it's just different words and so we spend time putting the scriptural framework around it then we use that scriptural framework as the basics for explaining mental health and illness including the major disorders so that we can normalize those discussions about the various disorders that people deal with Um, then we follow that up with a panel of experts so we always have a medical doctor we like to have someone who has that is a Christian who's gone through therapy to talk about its impact on their mental and physical health. We pull in um, volunteers from NAMI and other people in the community. And then we wrap the day up with what I call a therapist fair. So instead of having vendors, I bring in therapists of color who are also Christian from the community, mm-hmm. and they are there on site. And Very people nice. can actually That's meet great. them, talk to them, shake mm-hmm. their hand. And at our kickoff last weekend, we had 250 people come out. It was a phenomenal event, mm-hmm. and they stood in line to meet those therapists. It was mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful to see. And the survey results that are coming back um, are excellent. People are saying that they feel like they left with a better understanding of mental health, spiritually, biologically, environmentally, um, that they have greater compassion for a person with a mental illness and that they would be more willing now to talk to a therapist than before the session. So um, I believe we're going to continue to see this kind of success in this type of event um, to help churches have the conversation in a comprehensive way. I'm super, super excited about it. I have a question that I kind of wanted to double back just for a second. I have a couple. One is, what would you say to someone who says that maybe God, when you talk about God's allowance, like why me, that type of thing, God allowed you to have this to know him or to so that you can develop a relationship with him? Because I know that I'm, I'm asking that question from a personal space, but like, you know, there's you might speak to 
elders or like, you know, maybe a grandmother or something like that. That's kind of like, well, you're going through this so that you can develop a relationship with God. How do you kind of Ooh, speak I, to that? Can I answer that? Can I yes. say that? Answer that. This is some, one of my pet peeves in the world mm-hmm. uh, that we have been taught to see God in a way that, that he's controlling in a way that he is not. Mm. And so I like to say everything does happen for a reason, but it's not always a good reason. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to force it to have been God to get through it. Sometimes bad stuff just happens, mm. right? But the Bible says that he will make it, force it, turn it around to work together for our good, but not that he planned it up front. But so I, many people like struggle that. with oh, that because they blame crazy. God for everything. That's what everything. I needed. I needed the, That's what I was trying to get to. She hit yes. it. Mm-hmm. That's my kind yes. of preaching, Reverend. Yes, yes. Come on. No, Everything absolutely. For a reason, but it's not always a good reason. Yes, Remember yes, that. yes. That's what. I, that's the point that I was trying to actually yeah. get to. There's, there's freedom in the world. I mean, part of how God set this thing up. There's a lot of freedom and agency in the world, and and He doesn't control, or God doesn't control things in the way that we tend to think about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, stuff just happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm really careful mm-hmm. as a pastor to give people explanations. For, mm-hmm. the, for this because we we on this side of 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 you know the the ultimate truth that we'll know paul says mm-hmm. now we know in part mm-hmm. so we know, we see that scripture that we know in part then we'll know face to face but sometimes we like to talk like we got it all together and we we really don't i mean think like as, as dr Phillips said sometimes bad things happen mm-hmm. and even that text romans eight twenty eight, we sort of miss understand that text and it's a great text that all things work together for the good so it recognizes that not all things are good Mm -hmm. some things Mm -hmm. really are bad it's not that all Mm -hmm. things are good that god that there's a way but it but but we're working it out with god we're partners with god and working through it and working it out but the world is broken man yes it is in so many ways Mm-hmm. Your final thought, your question. Um, the final question that I had, you mentioned your sister saying that she felt as if she saw demons. How did you reconcile that from a spiritual perspective for those who believe that you can see demons, you can see angels, you can see that mm-hmm. type of thing? How is that reconciled? Uh, because if my perspective on that is if God is allowing you to see something in the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. it will not torment you. God loves us. And so even if he does open someone's eyes to see something in the spiritual realm, I would not say that he couldn't do that. It would not have terrified and destroyed her because God's work doesn't do that. And so there had to be something else going on. A simpler answer also, when we finally see she unfortunately started using drugs and didn't have access to um, the medication that she needed. If medication can stop the visions, then it probably wasn't the demon Mm, because demons don't generally respond to medication so i'm gonna guess no (laughs) so i feel like i would never rule out that there is demonic forces at work because some people believe heavily in that and i would not disrespect their doctrine Mm -hmm. but i will say let's start at the um lowest level of explanation and let's work our way from there let's start with the medication start with the treatment if that doesn't resolve the problem we can continue to move forward but let's assume the best from from the beginning and work from there Great. Any thoughts on that, Dr. Warnock? It's great. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just, yeah. So um, I also shared this with you guys. Um, I have a mental health um, guide for faith leaders that was given to me by the American Psychiatric Association's Foundation. And it's a pretty lengthy guide. Um, shares some basic information around mental wellness and support for faith leaders and how you can share with your congregation. Um, So that's a really good resource. And also I want to connect you, Dr. Phillips, to um, the APA and see if there's some more work that you can do just to kind of break down specific communities and groups that I think would be helpful. So definitely wanted to share this with you guys. Um, Any final thoughts on getting folks back into church who feel like God hasn't been listening? Because we've seen the news, we've seen the statistics that, not as many younger people are going to church. Is that, and that's not to say that you can't have a relationship with God if you don't go to church. I happen to enjoy going to church. Uh, I think one of the things that is so helpful for me in my life is I always wanted a church home in a community where I did have a, you know, mm-hmm. a one-on-one relationship with my pastor and that I could fellowship with other people and talk about some of the problems that I'm going through and I tell you, every single time I'm having a bad day and I go to church, even this Sunday, I'll just be honest. When I saw that pastor was not preaching, Mm -hmm. 
but he was there. <laughs> it was our church anniversary. I said, oh, we're going to have a guest pastor today. And God was like, just give it a minute. Don't don't judge. You don't know what kind of word that this pastor is going to bring. And boy, when I tell you mm-hmm. <laughs> that this pastor from Enon in Philadelphia showed completely out and put in my spirit exactly what I needed to hear right at, at that moment. So one, we can't go into church with these preconceived notions. And if your pastor's not preaching, don't feel like you can't get a good word in and, and be open to the fellowship and that community that exists there. Because I feel like that's a big part of my recovery too, being able to have a home and, and be able to fellowship. So any final thoughts from each one of you? And I'll ask the lady to go first on how, what we can do to get people back in the church, especially when you've maybe been experiencing something from a mental health concern and you feel like God is not listening. Well, the, re- the way to bring people back to church is to go out where they are mm-hmm. and connect with them in the spaces where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, the sanctuary is where we gather, but the church is what we are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so going out and meeting young people where they are, talking about the things that matter to them. Um, and I especially encourage what I call community-sized churches, some of the smaller churches, to make an effort to almost specialize in a particular issue. They can become really great at that and affect um, young people who are going through a particular thing. Mm -hmm. Not every church can be everything. They just don't have the resources. But um, choosing an issue that 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 congregation is passionate about and just specializing in that, just staying on that and getting really great at reaching that group, I think is one of the ways that we can work together as various bodies to have an impact. Dr. Warnock? That's wonderful. One one of the things that I I want us to mention that I don't think we've talked about today is we think about, you know, people having, whether it's schizophrenia or depression. Yes. And we've talked about the need to seek care Mm -hmm. and medication, Mm -hmm. but we haven't talked about the way in which people do Mm self-medicate. Oh, that is so important. Mm -hmm. So. And a big problem. It's a big problem. So, so as, as the church, uh, we've got to be focused on this, the whole way in which we see uh, this issue of drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And here again, uh, the church has to expand its own moral vocabulary mm-hmm. around this and not just focus on, you know, the behavior. Why Why are you smoking? You know, why, why are you mm-hmm. using this drug or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'm very being so judgmental. Yeah, very often people are self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we've got to we've got to expand our moral vocabulary and try to be part of the solution for that, particularly poor people. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Phillips is in Baltimore. I pastored there five years. You know, Baltimore is a city that has been decimated over yes. several decades by America's so-called war on drugs. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as the bodies were brown, black, and in the inner city, we had a war on drugs. That's right. And now that the bodies are white and suburban, mm-hmm. we have a public health That's right. crisis in response to the opioid epidemic. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a war on drugs, you have enemy combatants. Mm-hmm. Your job is to lock them up and throw away the key or destroy them. Mm-hmm. Public health crisis, you got patients. Right. So it's a totally different mm-hmm. way of That's thinking right. about Approach. it. That's right. mm-hmm. So part of what we're talking about, because of this connection to drug addiction and how this has been prosecuted over the last three decades is we do have to talk about the the way in which mental health is racialized in America, Mm -hmm. like everything else. So here in the faith community needs to stand up and um, say, yeah, you're right. It is a public health crisis, but it was, it was that in Baltimore in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties and beyond when all we did was sort of go in and zero tolerance and that war did as much damage to black and brown communities as the drugs themselves. Mm-hmm. So we've got to pro- <clears throat> we've got to be helpful in trying to provide people care and the support that they need, and that's the priestly side of our ministry. Okay. Mm-hmm. The prophetic side of our ministry says that we've got to engage this public policy fight and say, yeah, even as you're responding with compassion to the opioid epidemic. Uh, in white communities and in the suburbs, you need America. You you have got to come to terms with what you did in Baltimore and in New York and in Atlanta and in L.A. and in Chicago over all of these decades. So where is the restorative justice package mm-hmm. right, to make mm-hmm. these communities whole mm-hmm. and the people in those communities who've been broken by this? That's true because so many um, of the people that are suffering and, and that are incarcerated 
you know, are suffering from mental health That's disorders right. and concerns. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And That's trauma as well. And trauma as well. Like I said, many oh, people sure. may have not developed a diagnosable disorder, right. but they right. are functioning at a less than optimal level. That's so it's right. not always just about having a disorder or not. And that's a result of trauma. The rate of trauma um, is almost 100%. There's hardly anyone alive who's not been traumatized. Well, mm-hmm. if, you're Particularly, a dis- go ahead, if you're a descendant of people who've been enslaved. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, right. then, and then went through Jim Crow segregation, which was the re-enslavement of black America. Mm-hmm. I mean, the miracle is not that black people are traumatized. The miracle is that we We're function survived. as well as right. we can. Right, right, yeah. right. I, we had someone um, speak on the show about how maybe a lot of the way that we approach m- mental health from a cultural religious perspective is based on the fact that they were not allowed to not be okay so they had to show up every time and you know if you're going through something you're traumatized you've been put through certain circumstances and you're not allowed to have something wrong with you you normalize that as something that just is you know i'm either sad or like you're down but you work through it Mm -hmm. and so you just kind of survive off of that yeah that's right well, this has been such an amazing conversation Great. and just the start. You know, I'd love to have both of you guys back on. Um, Dr. Phillips, can you share with our listeners how they can follow you, your movement, how they can have access to the tour information? Sure. So uh, you can go to my website, www.anitaphillips.com. I can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Just the DR, Anita Phillips. And tour information is there as well as other things that I'll be sharing i uh, love to see everybody out. And if I'm not coming to your city right now and you'd like me to come to your city, you can contact me on any of those platforms and uh, we can work something out. I want to get everywhere that I can this year. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Dr. Warnock, how can we uh, keep in touch with you? you? You can find me on Twitter at Raphael Warnock, R-A-P-H-A-E-L Warnock, okay. W-A-R-N-O-C-K. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm trying to get on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I always tag you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, try- I'm not as cool as you, Shanti. I'm trying to get there. And um, the church as well, EbenezerATL.org is our website. And, uh, you, and so on you, Instagram, and, it's at Ebenezer underscore ATL. That's it. You got it. Yep. And you can also... Um, you can go to the web, you can go online you can download our app on Google Play mm-hmm. the Ebenezer uh, ATL app okay great and you'll get updates of what's going on with silence to shame Sunday and all of the other campaigns that we're running all the time out of that church or Wonderful. you can take the old-fashioned route and just come see us on a Sunday come morning. on Sunday morning <laughs> I'd love to see you that's right free how can uh we reach you uh i am free the vision everywhere so our amazing co-host i appreciate that free the vision everywhere free the vision.com Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. And I am your host of the Silence of Shame podcast, Shanti Das. You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Shanti Das 404. Also, follow us. Follow the movement. Get involved. Join us. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at, at Silence the Shame. We have a YouTube page with a lot of um, helpful information that um, free adds all this wonderful content to. Yeah. And so that's at Silence of Shame TV. Also, make sure you listen to our podcast and that you rate us, right? Rate and subscribe. Rate and subscribe. We need more folks listening in. Um, as I mentioned, May 5th is National Silence of Shame Day. We are going to be having a national fundraising effort, a text to give campaign. We're just asking folks to text $5 and we'll have that, you know, just to help us continue doing our work, which we feel like is God's work. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much um, for being a part of this movement and for calling in today. Um, we thank um, the good folks at Mean Street Studios, which allows us to have a voice and a platform. Um, and uh, until next time, peace and love and, and, and good mental health. Shanti, I know this is your podcast, but can I do something that I sure. wouldn't normally do? I don't take over your podcast. Oh, mm-hmm. go right ahead. Can we close in prayer? Oh, I yes, would love that. Yes. Oh, and I, you know what? I really wanted to ask, how would you offer prayer to someone like, you know, that's looking for men- like treatment for mental health, how you told Shanti that we can pray together, but I need you to actually go seek help. Like, do you pray for a doctor that can understand do you pray for the medicine to be effective? What is what is the offering and prayer in that space? Dr. Phillips, you want to speak to that? Uh, he's on it. Free the vision, got it. You pray for everything. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and recognizing, praying in a way that respects the individual move of God in that person's life. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to pray for it to look exactly like I want it to look, mm-hmm. but that God 
divine providence and wisdom will guide their feet to all the places they need to be to have the help that they need. That's right. uh, I think that's the most important thing is a prayer that lets God move freely. Mm-hmm. And, and Free, I'm glad you life. said that. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. So may I forgot to announce this. This is huge. May 3rd. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Girlfriends Pray. But it's a national Mm -hmm. prayer organization that my good friend Dee Marshall, she's women praying all around the world. So on May 3rd, we're having a Silence to Shame national prayer call. So we're going to have an 800 number. We'll we'll tell you guys the time. We're looking to get thousands and thousands of people praying around the world Mm -hmm. for mental wellness and to silence the shame um, and that stigma. So we hope, Dr. Phillips, that you can help us push this message out. Ebenezer, we want everybody praying with us on May 3rd. So what better way? than to prepare us for the May 3rd prayer call that we end in prayer, Mm -hmm. Dr. Warnock. Gracious God, we look to you today because you have a wonderful way of bringing the disparate and disconnected threads of our lives together into a cohesive whole. Sometimes we think things are an accident or a coincidence, but we know that coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're working in us and through us in ways that we cannot even fully comprehend or understand. And that's why we're learning to trust your heart even when we cannot trace your hand. And so we pray, O oh God, that you would bring peace to someone listening this day, some soul that is troubled and disquieted. We pray that you would peace speak with the peace of God that surpasses human understanding, that we might find that quiet place in our heart where God is. Strengthen us for the journey and help us to know that your grace is sufficient for our needs and your power is made perfect in weakness. Bless, O God, this Silence the Shame movement. May it be continually an instrument of your peace and your power and your love in the world. We give you praise for for the valleys, for the struggles, for the mountain peak. This is all a part of the topography of faith. We have our ups and our downs, and yet you are God in all and through all. Mm-hmm. Bless us, keep us, bind us closer to one another, and draw us closer to you. In the name of the God who spoke peace to a troubled ocean. Mm-hmm. Speak peace now to troubled minds. Mm -hmm. In the name of the God who created us and redeemed us and uses our brokenness to heal others. In the name of the God who loves us into freedom and frees us into loving. We pray. Amen. 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 (sighs) Thank you so much. Bless you. Peace be with everyone. If you guys would like to donate to the Silence of Shame movement so we can keep getting the messaging out there, please um, go to www.hhpf.co, and that is our foundation site. We are operated under the Hip Hop Professional Foundation. That's www.hhpf.co, or we have a GoFundMe page set up under at Silence the Shame. If you or anyone you love needs a hand, please shine light on the darkness. Spark the conversation. It's time we silence the shame. Let's talk about it.